I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome in to another edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride. Crap, we got a chair malfunction. <laughs> I am your host, TJ McBride, at TJ McBride NBA, and sitting to my right, as always, in a very functional chair. What is going on? This is Anil Apiro covering the Denver Nuggets and the Colorado Rockies for My Life Sports alongside Mr. TJ McBride, Jeff Morton, the King of Thornton, Dev Johnson, Brandon Vogt, Matt Smith, the entire crew over here at Mile High Sports, uh, locking down all things Denver Nuggets. Also, I dabble in that Rocky stuff, but uh, follow me on Twitter at Apiro Sports. You guys can follow TJ McBride on the Twitter stream at TJ McBride NBA. My tongue is not functioning. I was still. about to say. So yesterday, your face didn't work. Yeah, plain and simple. Where eight. are we at now? So I like dropped you off at like one in the morning last night, whatever it was, and like at that point, like I still couldn't really feel the left side of my face. Like it, my like the feeling in my cheek was slowly but surely starting to come back. But you know, <laughs> I go home and I'm like, all right, like I'll wake up. It'll be fine tomorrow morning. You know, wake up this morning, can't feel the left side of my tongue. <laughs> trying to like eat pasta this morning for some food, like nutrition. I'm like, what, what is going on here? You know, but. Left side of the tongue is uh, not, not, working not functioning right now. So, What like, other problems do you come across in life where that just makes it more difficult to live? I don't know. This sucks, dude. Like, it really does. Like, I'm, like, I'm trying to eat food, and it's just, like, tasteless. And I'm, I like, couldn't imagine, like, trying to talk to a female or something and just being like, I can't really use this side. But. It, was, like, it was impossible to try to ask that question yesterday in Malone. It was <laughs> ridiculous. So I watched the video that Ryan Green put up, and, like, half of my face is not moving. It's so funny. Question, I watched that I'm video like, today. I was laughing hysterically. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so stupid. But well, I'm happy that your face is, crossed, is not yeah. broken. It's just a little numb because of a pinched nerve for the time being. So stupid. But, I mean, this is why I hate <laughs> going to the dentist. I mean, you know what it is, but uh, let's talk about these uh, Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets. So, they are coming off of a, what was it? 112 one, to 104 loss over to the Minnesota Timberwolves last night, dropping their record to, I believe, 16 and 15 on the they season. They are. Now. Funny enough, the exact same record as the Colorado Avalanche. There you go. Not That's interesting. interesting. Very yeah. interesting. So, but listen, one thing that I've kind of like highlighted, I wrote an article that'll be coming out here tomorrow morning on Trey Lyles, but uh, they're penciled in as the seventh seed right now in the West, but they have the same record as the sixth and the fifth seed. Yes, so it's just tiebreakers. It's tiebreakers right now. So, in terms of their wins and losses, they're, you know, neck and neck. So, in terms of the fifth and the sixth seed, so, I don't know. Read that. Read into that how you may. So let's let's look ahead now. So we are recording this podcast. It's Thursday, about four p.m. And looking ahead is the Portland Trailblazers, which is going to be the next game up. Well, in our podcast last night, we talked about you know who, one thing that Minnesota and Portland have in common is they're both divisional opponents. Yes, they both play in the Northwest Division, and the Nuggets are now one in five so far this season in those games. Obviously, um, last season it came down to you know not being able to beat Portland a couple times that kind of cost the Nuggets their uh, the the season last year. So. Uh, another opportunity for the Nuggets to try to continue the narrative and or try to continue to change this narrative, and that's the one thing that I think they've really had trouble with that you kind of see when the Nuggets play against divisional opponents, I see a lot of the Nuggets of last year. 
They, yeah, I can see what you're saying by that, but they are growing at the they same are. time. You see them getting better in clutch time situations and things like that. So you do see a, an improvement within this team when the going gets tough, but playing Portland is a different beast for this team. Yeah, There's is. just something about Portland that drives this Nuggets team bonkers and is just so frustrating for them. So let's start with the Yusef Nurkic, Nikola Jokic battle, the Balkan buddy ball battle. I'd say that six times fast, but what do you expect to see? Because we saw what t- what Nikola Jokic did last night, where he had those ten turnovers. He was really trying to force the issue against Carl Anthony Towns, and it really ended up hurting his overall efficiency. So I'm curious what kind of Nikola Jokic we're going to get against the Portland Trail Blazers when eventually when Friday night comes. I think you'll get a, an improved version of him. I mean, listen, I, I got to go back and do a little bit of research here, but it seems like when he has a bad game, he kind of tends to kind of figure it out the next game. Uh, he, he's not a player that you know when he hits a you know, he's not a very peak and valley esque kind of player. He's yeah. pretty even keeled in that sense. So I think he's going to bounce back. But you bring up uh, Yusuf Nurkic, a guy. Um, he's coming off back to back, or not back to back games. When his previous two, he has eight and fifteen points respectively, four and nine rebounds, and three blocks as well. Did not play in the three previous games leading up to that. I don't know if he was hurt or something like that. But uh, certainly a, a little bit of bad blood there um, between Nurk and the Nuggets organization. Not necessarily the Nuggets players, but the organization. yeah, the players seem to actually have a pretty good relationship with them because after the last game, they were they were they seem to be like dapping up pretty close. Yeah. But this game that they played earlier in the year, it feels like that's kind of starting to stop. They don't like each other. These guys want to play. These guys want to beat one another without a doubt, and that's really what I'm kind of picking up on right now. It's just going to be interesting what kind of player they're going to end up facing because he has been very good in uh, as of late. I mean, you put up 14.5 rebounds, 20.7 rebounds, 15.6 rebounds. He has been a productive player, and he's shooting very well from the field right now. I'm curious what Nikola Jokic is going to be playing like. Is he going to go into this game looking to make a statement over Yusef Nurkic? Mm -hmm. Or is this going to be him getting back into what he does best, which is running this offensive system regardless of who is on the court? I think you're going to see. I mean, Jokic is not a very emotional player, you know, for the most part. He he does a good job of being able to separate his emotions. uh, You think so? I disagree with that. I I mean, look, we talked about Carl Anthony Towns being one specific guy that tends to get under his skin, but... I don't think Jokic is going to be. There's no, I don't think there's any bad blood between Jokic and Nurkic. I don't think Jokic is going to go out there and say I need to beat this guy. You know, I, I think it's going to be more so of him understanding I didn't have a good game last game, and because you know, it, it's really the writing. It, you just listen to his answers in his post game press conferences. I mean, like you when you ask him, you know, what kind of went wrong, he gives you these nonchalant like he sits there with a blank face for like ten seconds, thinks about it, and says he didn't play good. And I think Jokic is the kind of player, if he just takes it one game at a time, and if he doesn't play good, he doesn't play good. He wakes up the next day and he really re- hits that reset button. He does. And I think his you demeanor know, I on the court is different than we- just even keeled. He's a very overly emotional guy in a yeah. lot of situations. I just think the media, like, I mean, my, listen, myself included, I, we just tend to overreact, not overreact, overanalyze a lot of things. And we want to try to figure out how each player is going to come out and play each game and do this on this play. And, you know, why do things go wrong and why do they go right and all that stuff. When at times, like, we need to just take a step back and be like, they're humans. Like, yes, they exactly. Just, like, they just function. Yeah. Like, and it's a natural kind of process at times. And you can't, it's not all X's and O's and conditioning and being in good shape. A lot of it is just natural human ability. It's going to be interesting for me. I want to see the way that Nikola Jokic ends up defending Yusef Nurkic. Yes, that's the, that's definitely that's the most telling thing I think you're going to be able to tell about where Jokic is at is how his defense is. Yeah, because he's not moving as well as he obviously could. I don't think mm-hmm. his ankle is at 100% yeah. like it's not even an issue anymore. But Yusef Nurkic has taken it at Nikola Jokic in the past. And it hasn't even been something where it seemed like it's even been nice. Like He is looking to annihilate him, it feels like. And this last game that they played, he wasn't as good. He was 7-15 to 15 from the field, but he still put up 7 
17 points, five rebounds, and an assist to go with a block as well. So he Yusef Nurkic wants to beat Nikola Jokic more than I think Nikola Jokic wants to beat Yusef Nurkic. Nikola Jokic wants to beat the Trailblazers. Yusef Nurkic wants to beat, beat Nikola Jokic. Yeah, he, want, he wants to prove this organization wrong, specifically yes. Jokic. Because and he, he wants to prove that he should have been the starting center of this team, Absolutely. not Nikola Jokic. Uh, looking at the injury report for the Portland Trailblazers looking ahead, Damian, Lill- Damian Lillard did leave the game with an injury to his leg. Nothing really came out of what part of his leg was hurt, but Damian Lillard was quoted after the game saying he was basically a decoy down the stretch against the Spurs because he just wasn't the same guy. Mm-hmm. So there hasn't been any official injury report put out, but he is one of the toughest dudes you're ever going to come across. He is probable as of right now for Friday, but even all of the injury reports that I keep finding is basically a question mark next to it. And that kind of tells me that he's going to play, but we just don't know how good of a player he is going to be at that juncture. Yeah. If he's going to be a hundred percent, that could be a good thing for the nuggets, man. It he could, but CJ McCollum kills this nuggets team he as does, well, he does. which leads us to the nuggets side of the injury report, which is Gary Harris, who is questionable yep. with a right elbow soreness. They call it a contusion as of right now. And, and then, then Emmanuel Moody, who is also questionable with a right ankle sprain. And the nuggets did not have practice today. So we did not get any updates on that front outside of the uh, typical emails that we get. So unable to try to, talk to either of those players unable to get a comment from alone on that front but it's here's where I'm kind of at is they're going to do anything they can to get Gary back and playing and I think they're going to take their sweet time with Emmanuel Moutier they will take their sweet time with Emmanuel <laughs> Moutier that's without a doubt but at the same time with Gary Harris it, it begs a very interesting question is he going to play against Portland because he's questionable he did travel with the team to Portland so it's not like he's back in Denver they're going to need a man to throw in that game uh, absolutely they're going to need I, think, I don't want to say that this isn't a must win by any means but what they've lost two in a row now you're you lose this game and then you're going to go into golden state the odds of you pulling that one out potentially i mean looking at it there's a very good chance that if gary harris does not play you're going 0 four in your previous four it absolutely could be that way because and that Portland could be is already a they're only game. one game above 500 right now yeah and i mean for what it's worth obviously we always talk about you know the nba doesn't start till after new year's and all that stuff but Look at Minnesota. I don't care about no, that yeah, anymore. No, We're no, December twenty no, first. That's what I'm saying. A team like Minnesota, early. a team that we kind of compared in terms of a brewing rivalry. I think Minnesota is four or five games above five hundred. Pennsylvania is that five or four seed yeah, right now. They're nineteen and thirteen, I believe. So, yeah, exactly. So I mean, they're doing a lot of good things. And uh, listen, we we all know the circumstances that Denver's had to deal with with being down Paul Millsap and Jokic here more so specifically recently. They've done a solid job at weathering that storm, but. It's not about weathering the storm anymore. I mean, the storm has passed. Jokic is back. It's time to get back and kick this thing into gear. They desperately need to because they don't look like the same team right now. They still look just kind of off the walls, confused. I don't know what it is about this team, but they're just not 100% confident right now in exactly what they're trying to do on a schematic level. So it's going to be interesting how they respond, especially against a team that has their number in the Portland Trailblazers. So I cannot wait to watch this game. Um, Looking down the line, though, so we'll get back more into Portland in a second. Talk about Gary Harris specifically. for a second because he did travel with the team this is a two-game road trip that goes from portland to golden state i do not expect gary harris to play against portland unless he is at nearly 100 because playing back to back the next night after traveling after playing against the golden state warriors is a task that i would not put somebody who was ailing from an injury through yeah i mean i i tend to somewhat agree with you and you know had a couple conversations with some people and just kind of hearing about Gary's condition uh, from yesterday, I had the game from shoot around, and I mean, we kind of heard that he was airballing some shots and immediately kind of sat down saying, I'm not good to play, you know, tonight. So it seems like it's somewhat of a severe injury that's really kind of preventing him from doing the fundamental aspects of his game. Yeah, and that is the problem. I think it's the same kind of problem that's bothering Will Barton right now is that he just can't play the same style of basketball because he just isn't 100%. Yeah, so, healthy. I mean, that leads us to the question of what do you do if you're the Nuggets? 
Well, the Nuggets no, right now. Hypothetically, you're going to have. So if you consider the circumstances, potentially no Moody, potentially no Harris, and a limited Will Barton. Yes. So what do you do at guard? Monte Morris? You do exactly what you did last night, which is a whole lot of Jamal Murray yeah. and a whole lot of Will Barton, and that's exactly what they ended yeah, up running with. Maybe a little with. bit more Malik Beasley only played six minutes in last night's game. Yeah, that was so interesting. They played a seven-man rotation outside of six minutes for Malik Beasley no in the first half. I mean, they're injured, and you don't want to go to Richard Jefferson or Wancho if you don't trust them right now, which doesn't seem like they're looking to really play them they significant want, yeah. amounts of time. But it begs the question. I mean, you had Farid active on the bench, and you only played Malik Beasley six minutes. Listen, I'm looking at this Portland game here real quick, and... This is a game where Richard Jefferson seems like he could be really, really valuable. We're teaching a team to try to win a game, a divisional game at that, doing, you know, just learning how to win these types of games, learning how to get amped and up for these kinds of games. I think, you know, a lot of times when the Nuggets play these teams, we see them kind of revert. They kind of cower away as the games kind of go along, or they get off to slow starts, one or the other. Uh, that we always talk about, you know, riding the waves and, and finding that little consistency. I think if Richard Jefferson can kind of get in there and help these young guys, considering the circumstances, with as many of them that are hurt, I, I think it makes perfect sense. I don't know if Richard can even play at the NBA level at this capacity like, right now. I don't know if he's that? there. He's just, I mean, he's just older. Physically? Yeah, physically, he's just I mean, not like, there. Malone brought up a good point. I mean, this is a guy that was a core piece on a championship Cleveland team, you know, less than two years ago. One year older for a young player is a good thing. One year older when you're nearing your 40s is entirely know, different. I, and I mean, I agree with that, but I mean, listen, I... Then why do you bring him in here in the first place? I mean, do you really Before want to another a veteran presence? It's the Mike Miller's aspect. I, but, yeah, it's the again, but then, but then you're wasting aspect. a roster spot. I mean, the way <laughs> that we look at it, I mean, we talk about a guy like Tory Craig, a guy that could be is more than deserving right now of a roster spot in mm-hmm. terms of what he's been able to bring to the table. Why do you waste a roster spot then on Richard Jefferson it's if you're not, not going to play him? He's uh, very tight with Jamal Murray. He is very tight with Malik Beasley. He was spending time with Tory Craig while he was in town as well. Trying just, to get we him always better. talk about you know trying to find roster spots and, and find guys minutes. Why why is Richard Jefferson on the team? Why is Darrell Arthur on this team? Like why why do you not do things? And because when you have a roster composed of entire twenty something year olds in their early twenties, they do not know how to play or win at the NBA level. You need guys even if they're not on the court that just have been there and done that and know to keep guys level-headed. Plain and simple. And Darrell Arthur is great at that. He's great off the bench and a guy that's very motivating for his players. Same with Richard Jefferson. Both of these guys do bring it to the table. I don't agree that they are just wasted roster spots. That is a complete... That that is just... That's a fallacy. I mean, and and I see the value. I I see the value that they do bring to the table. I mean, I'm there. I I talk to the players and I see all that stuff. But I mean, to me, it just seems like we're talking about clear-cut problems. You know, last night, the Nuggets ran a seven-man rotation because they were short and injured. I mean, you think if you could figure out a way to play these guys or get other guys that are taking up their roster spots to play, I mean, you think it's a little bit more efficient. Sure, I mean, they're, they're but handicapped. He but he didn't play Malik Beasley or Kenneth Farid. I don't Very think that it, I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that they're just aging veterans. I don't think it has anything to do with it. I think that Malone just didn't want to play anybody else. And that doesn't make any sense played. to me, quite frankly. It just I, why? Because I mean, they're gas. I mean, it, I mean, Minnesota just a lot, like Denver. While they had a lead for a majority of the game, they were playing Minnesota's game the entire time. I think it was more so of a product of guys, you know, maybe getting a little tired from having to play so much. I mean, it just looks like they need a little bit of relief, some help in some capacity that they're not going to be able to get with the current players on well, the no roster. No one played over forty minutes last night. It's not like guys were killing themselves. They were playing thirty-seven minutes, which was what they should be playing anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know. I, I just think there's got to be a better way to kind of utilize this stuff. I do. Yeah, but it, there's a lot of questions to answer suddenly because you have no idea what rotation you're going to run with because you don't know who's going to play any given night. So the Nuggets are in this really weird middle situation where they don't know until shoot-around what their rotation could conceivably mm-hmm. even look like. Yeah, that's difficult. It's, listen, 
it's difficult to deal with all this stuff, but I think at the end of the day, this kind of encompasses to who's healthy. And your best player is healthy now. I mean, he, maybe, he, maybe he's not 100%, but he's certainly creeping up to that. I'd say he's probably about 80, 85 right now. And I think a lot of it is still kind of the mental side with him potentially, um, which is certainly something that's worth discussing. But Jokic has got to figure out, you know, dig down here a little bit and man up. Quite frankly, you got to be a leader of men. You got to lead this yeah, he team does. to the fire. It's very valid. And this is a team right now that's devoid of their main leadership and defensive talent and offensive production. Yeah. And Paul Millsap, someone needs to step up. And Gary Harris was being that guy, but now yeah, he's not. Yeah, exactly. So who is it now? I understand it's so hard to go through the revolving door, but who's going to be it? And I mean, this is the thing is it's not like you're going to have to rely on, like, you know, a Jamal Murray got to carry your team. You're having your best player there still. Here in recent time, it's not like when they were down Millsap and Jokic, then you kind of understand why they're losing games. But when you have your best player, things got to be a little different. There's got to be a different standard that you're held to. And they were in this game. It's and a game they, they shouldn't lose last night. Yeah, there was a game they shouldn't have lost last night. But Portland's going to be tough. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying, though, is you set yourself up for these kind of you set, you're setting yourself up for failure because based off the proven track record, why do you think Denver has any chance going into this game with the circumstances being that you're going to already be down Millsap and some other guys that are already hurt? I mean, it's a I mean, losing Denver's proposition not a right bad now. team. I mean, I mean, we have to open our minds to the fact that they could just be a little bit more talented than Portland in some for aspects sure. of this game. So, I mean, Portland's 16 and 15. They're nothing to no, write no, no, home no, no, about. For sure, for sure. This no, is and not I a agree. team that is blowing guys out of the water. I mean, right now, I mean, most, like, I believe the line, it's not out right yet, right now on ESPN, but I believe the Nuggets are going to be um, two or three point dogs, is what I've seen on a couple different things. But. I have no idea what is going to happen in this game. After watching this, the insanity of their game against Minnesota, I don't know what Portland is going to do. I don't either. And Portland, I mean, they're they, they're on a two-game losing streak right now. They have lost to Minis- at Minnesota, and they have lost at home to the Spurs. They now have to take on the, the Denver Nuggets. We're traveling in there, but the Denver Nuggets are 5-12 and 12 on the road. But Portland Trailblazers are 7-9 and nine at home. I mean, so much of this just doesn't make sense to me at this point, and it's more of just a, who is going to show up and play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's kind of hard to just be content with that, but that's really what it is. It really is. It's hard to be content with that. And when you look back to the last time they met up, when Denver lost ninety nine to eighty two to them, Paul Millsap ended up putting up eighteen and five, and was a big part of that of what allowed them to be close. And Nikola Jokic was real bad from the field, but their bench gave them nothing last game, and they played a full eleven man rotation in that game. So I have no idea what's going to happen. It's going to be really interesting. I want to see where they're going to get their production if Damian Lillard is hurting. They actually held Damian Lillard in check last game, where he only was he was four of four from the field and Jamal Murray actually had great defense on them picking them up full court throughout the game and whatnot but it's going to be a very tough game for the Nuggets I'm not really sure what's going to happen but I think we're going to need to wait and see so let's jump ahead now the game on a back-to-back directly after this Portland Trail Blazers game is going to be the Golden State Warriors in Golden State so we talked about Gary Harris's injury I do not expect Gary Harris to play against the Portland Trail Blazers I do expect him to play against the Golden State Warriors the reasoning behind that is that if you have a guy that's hurt that you rely upon I would rather him sit on the first game of a back-to-back and play the second game and get going on the road before coming back home if he's already on the road with you than playing him in two games back-to-back against two very tough opponents for Denver. I mean, I agree with you, and I, I mean, it all makes sense to me, and I think that's what you do just from, from an injuries perspective. But, I mean, if we're breaking down this game, we kind of talked about it earlier in the year. If there's such thing as a scheduled loss... That's yes. probably this game. Yeah, twice. Now, which that, is, this is the second time the Denver has played Golden State, I, and it'll I mean, be just, the second time you, on the second night of a back-to-back. I mean, exactly. It's just like... We can break it down. We really can if you want to try to break this one down in depth, but I think it's more so Oh, just, I'm not going to. No, 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 but you know what I'm saying here? It's just you kind of go into the Oracle Arena and you say, 
give it to me. Like, do here, we go. Let's here we go. Here we go. You know? And let's but, be real here. Nikola Jokic and a bunch of ragtag young players last year ran through this Warriors team. No, it's not like it's unfeasible. Maybe you catch them off guard. Yeah, and it absolutely could happen. Listen, I think that's going to be more so of an opportunity for some of these young guys to get experience over the cream of the crop that this league has to offer. Um, it's going to be a challenge nonetheless, but obviously uh, the biggest thing here is where is Gary at in his health? Because priority yeah. number one is, yes, these next two games are important, but you need to make sure Gary Harris is going to be here for the foreseeable future for this team. If this they're season. going to squeeze him onto a plane to go to Portland and then Golden State, he's a lot closer than people want to give him credit Absolutely. for. I don't think this is a serious injury. This is something they're just being careful about and conservative, being that it's only, what, game 31 that mm-hmm. they're at right now. They're mm-hmm. actually going into game 32. So I'm not worried about it. Um, the one injury that I am worried about is Will Barton. Yeah, I am too. Because yeah, Will Barton that, is not on the not injury report. And that, so that what that tells me, and this is all speculatory, but when Will Barton is not on the injury report, but you can see that his back is hurting him. You can see him limping on the court. You can see that he can't move horizontally in the same way. He's not going to the rim in the same way. He's pulling up for floaters and mm-hmm. things like that. Will Barton is not right. And the fact that he is not on the injury report makes me nervous that this could be something he's dealing with for the rest of the year. And while that could be useful to get him to sign his extension if he's not the same explosive player because he won't have as good, as good of a year, it's very, very frustrating if a guy who has been fantastic for the Nuggets this year ends up having his season not cut short, but diminished and a little bit less shine behind it because of the injury. And I really hope this is something that's going to it'll just go away in a couple of weeks. Mason Plumlee had a core strain that went away in a couple of weeks, and he's been fine since. But Will Barton is not the same dude right now, and he Absolutely. needs to get back to being and the right it's, guy. It's, just, it's an unfortunate timing with all this. I mean, it really is. I don't think it could have come at a worse time for the Nuggets right now. So it's all hands on deck. Uh, Will Barton has certainly been an instrumental part of this team in terms of getting them to where they want to be. So we'll obviously have to wait and see how that plays out for him, but it's certainly a cause for concern for Denver. Where do you expect them to go in these next two games? 0-2. Oh, 0-2? Two. Oh, two? Yeah. I think that they could steal one from Portland because I think, I think Portland so too. is exhausted. I think that they might not have Damian Lillard at full effect, and I think Yusef Nurkic is bound to have a bad game against them at some point. And I do think this could be a game that Nikola Jokic gets back going again, but the par for this is going to be 0-2. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just unfortunate. It just is what it is because they had just a hellish December schedule. Yeah. That just is, is what it, it is, man. Let's, let's just look ahead real quick. Let's look at January. I mean, obviously, New Year, New Me is the whole you know, typical. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> thing on social media. New year, um, do me. So let's just uh, bre- we'll do we'll do an actual January breakdown here as well. Um, I'll have a roundtable coming up a mile high, but then I guess I have let's see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine, ten home games. I believe off the top of my head, the month of January compared to only five road games in that month. So very uh, home-heavy for the Nuggets in January. A really ample opportunity for them you know, try to get back into this thing and you know, pad themselves a little bit. Yeah, but the end of December is just brutal because oh, yeah. now you play at Portland next. You play at Golden State the next night after that. You get two days off back at home for, for the Utah Jazz. You then head for another back-to-back game at Minnesota, and then you finish up the, the year, December 30th, versus the yeah. Philadelphia 76ers in Philly. There's a very good chance they may not win another game this year. There's in this calendar year, yeah. there is a very good chance they need to beat Utah and they need to beat Minnesota on the on the, on the tail end they of that trip. To. They have I mean, to. And then you look at this game that they just lost last night. That is a game you need to win. You need to. You're gonna look they back on the schedule. In Utah. They struggle in Minnesota. When you look back at the end card. of the year at this stretch of Gosh. games, you're going to look at Indiana and be like, Denver should have had that game. Mm-hmm. You're going to look at at Boston when they were up on them at one yep. point. I've been like, if you could have grabbed that one. You're going to look at Oklahoma City when you lose by Dallas. one. You're going to be like, oh, it was right there. At Minnesota, or when Minnesota just visited the other night, last night. Those games could potentially haunt this Nuggets team, and that just happened in the past week and the a half. The first game of the year last year haunted Denver to the yes, very end. Yes, Damian Lillard, I will never forget it. The Kenby Mutombo retirement night. Kenneth Reed. 
playing defense on Damian Lillard, the dagger. Yeah, even <laughs> Michael Malone will oh forget that because gosh. Dikembe Mutombo won't let Michael Malone forget no. that the Nuggets lost on his jersey retirement. So, I night. mean, like, I mean, you might call us crazy right now. It is 439, Thursday, December 21st, but games that the Nuggets have lost within this previous week could very well come back to haunt them in late April. It probably will. Yeah, I mean, just very much simple. so. And then even worse than that, you talk about the team that they lost the 8th seed to last year in Portland is the, is the team they started against. They started against Utah, who was in their division and lost a game in the fourth quarter yep. that day as well. A team who could be potentially fighting for a playoff spot, but... This Nuggets team desperately needs to get a winning streak going soon. They could make it make a lot of games up in January. We don't know for sure. Obviously, they have a big homestand yeah, from the 19th until be... the 29th, a 10-day, six-game, or sorry, five-game homestand against Phoenix, Portland, the Knicks, Dallas, and Boston. Those are all pretty winnable games outside of Boston and, and Portland, but... The Nuggets are desperately looking for some wins now because they could be three, four games under 500 by the time the new calendar kicks in. If that happens, man, that could be a very bad time for Denver Nuggets fans and Denver Nuggets as an organization. Yeah, without a doubt. That is not a happy holiday. Listen, and they've been doing a good job of trying to win back this fan base. I mean, Pepsi Center has been, you know, been doing pretty good in terms of their attendance, so it would be absolutely detrimental for injuries and poor performance to, you know, kind of capsize what has been a a very optimistic season thus far. So what do you expect them to be by the end of the year? So So right now now? they're 16 and 15. They have one, two, three, four, five, six games. Sorry, five games until the calendar year ends. So at Portland loss, loss or win at Golden State loss loss versus Dude, Utah you know at home. They're losing them all. I'm saying that right now. I think they're gonna lose them all. I really do. I think they beat Utah at home. They're just too I good think, of a home team. I think they beat Utah at home. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that, that okay. Yes, no. Uh, they will win that game. Utah at home. I was looking at that. I thought it said at Utah. My bad. What about the Philly game at home? The, That's a wild card. I think they can win that one. But I'm looking at this. I think every divisional game they're gonna lose. They need to go three and two on this stretch. Yeah, they they need to. They but need to go three and two. On I don't. Stretch. I mean, you, I I really think Portland's a loss. I think Golden State's a loss. I think Utah. Now that I realize that I'm not blind, and it's at home, I think that's a win. I think at Minnesota's a loss on a back to back, and Philadelphia is a wild card. Joel Embiid could do whatever he wants. I feel so like. you're looking at seventeen or eighteen or eighteen and seventeen yeah. essentially by the time the calendar year which ends is, at that point. And then you think you look at January, you're going to go the entire month of January, which is road heavy, and then you're going to go the entire month or a majority of the month of February without Paul Millsap. We think Mil- Millsap is kind of penciled. well. It's not road heavy in January, or home heavy in January. Yeah, yeah. Did I say road? Yes, you did. Oh my god! <laughs> so I need some coffee today. But uh, February is kind of uh, February is home heavy as well. So the anticipation for Paul Millsap kind of coming back is around or after the All Star break. I think Michael Malone. Yeah, Michael the Malone, earliest it'll be is right around the All Star. Yeah, break. Michael Malone said best case scenario in his mind is after the All Star break, like right after there. So I mean, it's all hands on deck until then, Teach. Yep, and then the one game that I'm looking forward to coming up is going to be the NBA TV game where the Philadelphia 76ers do visit the Pepsi yep. Center. That is going to be fun to end the year. But yeah. Real quick, I want to talk I mean, just about the podcast in general here. So I'm going to be in California for a little bit. Yes. You're going to have a brand new co-host. I think Brendan Vogt is going to do some Brendan stuff. Brendan Vogt you. is going to be gone too. i got to figure oh, something out. Man. So I'm going to be calling Dev. I'm going to be calling Jeff. I'm going to have guests on. I might have, a, I might have to have some guests that you're going to be upset that you're missing out on. But I know. There it's... is uh, an NBA player in the Nuggets that I am currently trying to continue confirm that I will be able to do a podcast with him keep your ears open we will release that on here ahead of time so you know that it's coming up mm-hmm. uh, a couple of executives with the team maybe I might grab yeah. we'll see I'm not really sure what's going to happen so, yet TJ will have all things locked down while I uh, skip a beat here a little bit and go out to sunny California and relax yeah vote's gonna be gone for Christmas all the way through New Year's yeah. so you you're gonna be here for Christmas at least vote's gone yeah very true so me TJ Brendan vote Matt Smith, Dev Johnson, King of Thornton, Jeff Morton, locking down all things Denver Nuggets. TJ, you got anything else for this one? 
No, I'm ready to go get some sleep. So I'm so tired right I'm, now. Yeah, I didn't get to bed till like three last night. Dude. <laughs> yeah, I went to bed so. at like three thirty-four last night. I'm so. What tired. are you gonna do? Play Fortnite? Oh uh, no, I gotta go write, dude. I got some writing to do. I wanna write this go. Gary Harris playmaking piece, but although he's hurt, so it's gonna there, be hard to release it. Yeah, I got this Trey Lyles piece coming out tomorrow morning, so be sure to keep an eye out for that one at MileHighSports.com. You guys again can follow me on the Twitter sphere at Apiro Sports, TJ at TJ McBride NBA. Again, follow us on Twitter at MileHighSports as well, and. At Nuggets underscore daily. We're bringing you guys this podcast five days a week, whether any combination <laughs> of five week we're days. We're doing almost seven, I think we're doing this week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, but the, the, the goal, the common goal in, uh, in mind that TJ and I have is to provide Denver Nuggets fans with in depth reading content, video content, audio content. All around multi-dimensional, multimedia content, all things Denver Nuggets, TJ and I are going to try to provide the most and best in content. Yeah, we are some of the most plugged-in individuals you're going to come across. For sure. And everybody at Mile High Sports, not even just Nilo and I, was Jeff Morton especially Yeah, we got a good, well. we got, listen, I mean, we got a good crew here. I mean, we're doing a lot of really good things here at Mile High Sports. Very excited for what the future holds. The radio side, we got the magazine side, the free website, a lot of different stuff that we're doing. So, great stuff over here at Mile High. Yes, it is. And if you want to advertise with this podcast, make sure you email me at tmcbride three. 793. We reach a very male-dominated market. The demographics work very well for anybody between the ages of 18 and 45. If anybody, real quick, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt. If ahead. anyone is listening to this podcast that owns a sports bar, be sure to hit one of us up because I have some fantastic ideas that we could do in terms of maybe recording some podcasts from that location, doing a lot of cool things to really try to help out the Nuggets com- or the Denver community then in that matter, intertwining it with the Denver Nuggets. And just a plug, if there is free beer potentially, there may be a discount for whatever sports bar may want to advertise with this show. There it is. So we will get into that, but at least for me, that's all I got. Anything else for you? That's all for me, man. We'll talk to you guys whenever we do. But uh, until then, adios. Keep improving, just grinding, keep it moving. I do me, I don't worry about what other people doing. And I came a long way from the seven daily sins. And knocking on the door, praying the game will let me in with just a dollar and a dream in my name. And that's it. But it takes more than that to make it in this rap shit. And I enjoyed the break, but it's over. Class sessions in, no sorry. More curse, welcome to my second win. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets. Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico presents yet another voicemail from your roommate. About the kitchen. Turns out when there's a grease fire, you're not supposed to throw water on it. <laughs> Who would have known, right? Anyways, the fire department is here and it's totally cool. Can we call back when you get a chance? The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if danger is your roommate's middle name. Visit Geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.